This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. You are listening to Bloomberg Business Week. So delighted to have back with us Alan Patrickoff. We caught up with him uh, April 1st. And of course, here we are now, mid-June. He is an early venture capitalist. He helped build and grow such companies as American Online, Apple Computer, Audible. He's chairman, emeritus, and co-founder of Greycroft Ventures. And he joins us on the phone in New York City. Alan, it is good to have you back with us. Um, a couple months have passed, uh, or almost. And yeah, no, two, two and a half months. A lot has happened. Um, how's your world? My world is great. You're going to remind me what I said on April 1st? So I, I either look <laughs> smart or stupid. Uh, no, no, no. I, I honestly, I think I actually have been on the right side of where I think thought this thing was going. And I think I've been really, relatively consistent, uh, particularly recently, uh, in that uh, I'm, I'm not carried away by this, quote, irrational exuberance, unquote, which has uh, carried the markets up. A thousand points one day, and then down 500. A perfect example is I was watching early, early this morning, and the uh, expected openings were going to be up. Uh, were going to be down 400 points, and right. uh, we ended up up 150. It's very hard to operate as an investor in this kind of market. Fortunately, I deal in the private market, where in the venture world you don't see those kind of fluctuations. It's more business as usual. And so what does business as usual look like in a world where nobody or very few people can or will get on airplanes, you know, due diligence? We know, Alan, from talking to you and, and many of our other friends in the business is typically a look them in the eye sort of prospect. You're going into a long term, very intimate relationship uh, and a complicated relationship. So how do you do it in this world we're living in now? Obviously, it's a lot harder because. You know, if you're in the stock market and you wake up and you find out you made a mistake, you just sell, assuming they're somewhat liquid markets. When you're in our business, you the day the day you sign the contract, you're a partner in the business. And uh, so I think that it puts a premium on really spending dedicated time to really understanding the companies and, and the people who are running them, which is really the most critical element. And I think that uh, due diligence is that much uh, more in-depth and uh let me tell you that the venture business, uh, I, I, I was concerned about a month or so. I wrote a piece saying, you know, what's going to happen when we're going to end up? All of a sudden, I realized investing in companies that are private, that we're going to be per- long-term partners, and we will not have met the people face-to-face or, or <laughs> as they say, and kick the tires. And so far, I mean, uh, Greycroft, my firm, uh, is making investments. Uh, we meet every Monday. We met today. And. We met, made commitments to one or two new investments today, and last week we made two or three, uh, and uh, we haven't met the CEOs. Uh, it's a little easier if you, you're in the company already and they're going right. for an extension of a previous round. That, that's easier, but even then you have to do renewed due diligence to make sure you know, that the issues are consistent with what you thought they were. So you've made some new investments in new companies. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we continue. I, I made a investment in the podcast area just uh, 10 days ago, a company called Veritonic, which is a technology used by uh, podcasters as well as uh, terrestrial radio and the platforms. And uh, uh, I, in this case, I actually did have a brief half-hour meeting with the CEO before everything shut down. But other than that, I had met the rest of his team or 
within the facilities. But uh, we spend a lot of time talking to customers all over the world uh, to understand better the, the company, which is, frankly, is available to us. When someone wants money, they're very happy to give you their customers or their suppliers or competitors so you can uh, freely find. You actually can find sometimes more money, more information than you can <laughs> when something's public. Yeah, right. Right. So what about the other side of the equation, Alan, the exits? Are there buyers out there for things that you already own? Well, I, I, uh, yes, the answer is yes. Yes, yes. We have had in the last 10 days and going forward in the next 10 days, probably the, the biggest activity level for sales hmm. uh, that we've had in several years and they are across the board, and uh, one is in our first fund, which we started in 2006. Another one is in our fund of 2009. Another one is the, from our fund of 2013. Another one is one from 2017. Uh, now, in one case, the deal was restructured to, you know, rather be all cash, it became part cash, part performance. In another case, it has some stock, uh, rolling in stock in the company you were in into the next, in, with the new buyers. Uh, they're all private transactions. Uh, I, I, well, let me accept one is One is a sale to a public company, mm -hmm. uh, which obviously I'm not going to discuss, but uh, most of the buying is from uh, private equity buyers, people rolling up or consolidating companies. Uh, and uh, we have, we just, uh, I think this is of interest to, you know, all of a sudden it appears that the IPO window is opening. Yeah. It hadn't been for a while. It had kind of flirted with opening and closing and opening and closing last fall. Uh, and now it seems that it has opened. And I can only attribute that to the fact that there are a lot of people who have a lot of money sitting uh, someplace <laughs> and want to put it to work and are nervous about the market uh, and think there's a, you know, a panacea in taking advantage of the IPO market. And uh, uh, we've seen that happen, you know, with Zoom Info a week or two right. ago. Right, that, absolutely. That helps, that helps create a positive environment. Well, let's continue our conversation with Alan Patrickoff, Chairman Emeritus, co-founder of Greycroft Ventures. Such a thoughtful guy. We're so happy to have him back with us. And Alan, I have to ask you, you know, when last we talked April 1st, certainly the pandemic was underway in, in many cases. We weren't exactly sure where it was going to go. Um, but I'm I think it's safe to say we didn't anticipate where we'd be at this moment, especially given the civil unrest and everything that we've seen across the country. As someone who has spent a long time both in business and understands politics and government and culture, what do you make of this moment right now? Boy, that's a big question. It is. Uh, I, I will say one thing. I was listening the whole time I was off uh, air uh, to uh, Governor Murphy Newsom and and uh, and uh, Andrew, uh, I'd say bravo to, to uh, Governor Cuomo and uh, Phil Murphy. Uh, they they are uh, had they have it right. I mean, I don't think this. Uh, the, I mean, I'm just another citizen who reads the paper and listens to everything that's going on. I think we are no by no means out of it, uh, and uh, I think it's going to take a 
long time to recover, which is why I have concern about getting carried away by a, you know, a, a momentary uh, or several momentary blips in which the market goes crazy and everybody gets excited and thinks, you know, we're, we're home free. I think that from the health standpoint and from the economic standpoint, I, I, you have to realize that the PPP took care of a certain period of time. When that time's over, if companies don't have the revenues, uh, they're not going to be able to bring uh, people back online, back in, in, to work. I mean, sure, it was only a million and a half, uh, but a million and a half is a lot of people. They had the unemployment rolls last week, and uh, there are people being put back to work, but there are there, we have not seen a secondary wave after the PPP is over, which is going to take place sometime between now and July 15th. So I, I think that it's uh, one has to be very cautious about what uh, where you go at this point. Uh, from a, and of course, we have the the uh, uh, election coming up, which is going to you know obviously add some confusion to everything. So it uh, we're going to have a. a I think a roller coaster ride going in here. Uh, I also heard in the interim you were talking about the gaming industry. We have a game company called Scopely Private, which is benefiting like all the other game companies are, uh, where I, well, people have a lot of surplus time that they didn't have before. And all those companies who are, you know, benefiting, and we obviously the poster child is Zoom and Peloton, but there are lots of others that are. Uh, servicing a, a new lifestyle. And uh, I think that uh, we're going to see a lot of different winners. Uh, and we've seen losers already, but we're going to see a lot of different uh, series of winners coming up who are going to benefit from a stay-at-home kind of uh, yeah. lifestyle. And you think it stays with us in terms of that stay-at-home? It's going to have to, right? Because until we get a vaccine, this is our world. Yeah. And I, I you know, I'm one of the people that doesn't believe that you can just turn around at a dime and create a vaccine. I've, mm. I, you know, I've looked at how long it's taken in the past. Everyone is optimistically talking about the third or fourth quarter. You've got to do a lot of testing to be comfortable. I mean, you know, there are a lot of people who are nervous. I know several people who don't want to have vaccines for, uh, for, for measles or flu vaccine. Right. Imagine going for something that's brand new. Right. It's, it's going to take a while to get people comfortable. So, right. I, I, Bottom line, I think the recovery is going to be a lot longer. And, right. You know, uh, maybe well, initially people are going to rush out, but uh, when we have a rise in the in the uh, uh, incidents, which we're seeing in Georgia and Arizona, Florida, all these states that opened up quickly, I, I think it will give people pause to relax. Alan, we've only got about a couple minutes left here. Got to ask you, you mentioned Georgia, you know. The election's coming up. We saw the Georgia contest. We had people, you know, standing in lines for hours. They didn't get mail-in ballots that they had requested. What are your expectations come November? You're very involved in Democratic fundraising. Uh, I think you have a vantage point that most don't. Um, what are your expectations come November? I, I think the pressure is on to uh, improve uh, the voting system. Uh, thank Fortunately, it was only the primary. I uh, let's. I, I want to be hopeful between now and the general election that we can, even Georgia can get their act together, and North Carolina and a lot of the other states that have had problems, and hopefully solve them. Uh, and you know, in Florida, we do have a million and a half felons who are now being given the right to vote. I don't think they're just going to, even if it takes five hours to vote. I don't think they're going to just walk away from it. It's a 
precious right that they've waited yeah. a long time for. So I'm optimistic we're going to get a, a very good turnout in November. There's been a lot of efforts all over the country, and particularly in some of these states that have been, you know, of concern that are to, to, to turn out the vote. So uh, I, I think we're... Uh, I think it's going to be an active political season, and uh, obviously I'm a big supporter of Joe Biden, and uh, uh, it's not a secret, and i you know, very hopeful, and at the moment I'm feeling very positive about how things are going, but we've still got another four or five yeah. months. Yeah. All right. Well, Alan Petrikoff, we know we'll be in touch. Uh, let's not make it so long. Between visits, uh, hope to see you soon as the world gets to its new normal. Alan Petrikoff, Chairman Emeritus, co-founder of Graycroft Ventures, uh, and as he alluded to, big Democratic fundraiser, very tied into the political world for a long time. Carol. And what he said about a virus, like this is not one no, a vaccine that you do not want rushed. This is a new vaccine. It's got to be safe. This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. Well, I'm very tempted with our next guest to go full Saturday Night Live, Chris Farley, and just say to you, Paul Reiser, remember that time on Mad About You when you yeah, said that? Yeah, do that. Yeah. That <laughs> you know, that takes the heat off of me. You do all of that, <laughs> and I'll just smile. And exactly. I'll nod. That was awesome. Uh, in any case, it's really great to have you. Um, how are you? What's your world I'm like right well, now? I'm very well, thank you. And, you know, how uh, perfectly... Uh, appropriate that I should be in the middle of your uh, business news because what does America need more than to hear from me in the middle of a business update and a V-shaped recovery? Because we do. That, well, you're going to be part of our recovery. recovery. Hey, listen, that you just talked V-shaped recovery. Um, <laughs> my day, my week is done. Okay. No, listen. You know and some, I'll be honest, when I said it, it felt a little dirty. It didn't sound, it didn't sound fiscal, I'll be honest. Please don't go there. You're making my producers really, really nervous. No, but oh, you know. Oh, boy. We'll, we'll behave. We'll behave. Uh, no, but seriously, seriously, folks, we have mm-hmm. been reaching out to folks in all walks of life. And yes, our you know CEOs that we talk to and our investors, but we've also, also talked to a lot of people in the entertainment world and you know the content production world because you know their lives have been like I'm assuming yours to some extent have been yes. just turned upside down. So what totally. has your what has your world uh, you know like? what it's it's uh, it has been that I was a couple of projects and shows that I was supposed to be on that uh, are are all being obviously uh, attentive and cautious and are shut down. So it's it's. Uh, it's, it is a whole other world, and, and it's funny. You know, my kids will say, when do you think we're going to be able? I go, not only don't I know, nobody knows. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I have right. to remind him and them and me, well, this is the first time going through this for all of us. So there is something comforting in that as as, as lost and as, as, uh, as hard as it is and challenging and scary. It's like we're, you know, we're all going through this together, and uh, you know the best we can do is let's be smart and cautious and and uh, and wait. So you know, I, I the part about staying home uh, doesn't bother me. I got to be honest. I I like that part. Uh, I don't like not working. I miss and I don't like how many <laughs> that the world is suffering as yeah. much as it is. Yeah. But in terms of you know, my motto is you know they say well how do you you know what about being stuck inside? I said. You know, I've been outside before. I didn't enjoy it that much. Uh, right. You know, yeah. <laughs> Inside is so much, uh, uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I li- Luckily, I like the people that I'm locked in with. So that's right. terrible. It makes a difference. If you like your family, it's a lot easier. Yes. I'm just going to yes. say. Because right. you, yeah, you, you had people. feel differently. <laughs> you had people re- sort of redescend on your home, right? 
re what? Redescend on your home. People, you, your nest is no longer empty. Oh, oh, oh! So yes, yes, yes. The nest is full. It is uh, chock full and uh, ready to kick people out. Might not even be the kids. We might be leaving. We'll just leave <laughs> them. And say you enjoy the empty nest. No, you know my my son was in school back east, and he came home, um, and uh, I kind of like that. Uh, I, yeah. You know, he's Aww. restless, and he's it's, but it's like yeah now. Now, I, you know, I don't see him anymore, by the way. He's upstairs. I, he comes out for feedings. That's about it. Uh, it's sort of like having a lizard. If he needs to be get some nutrients and some water, right. he will appear. Otherwise, he's just upstairs somewhere. But I, 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 I'm, you know, and, and we're all trying ways to be creative, and I'm, I'm doing a couple of writing projects, and you can still write uh, with the presumption that the world will return to some normalcy within, you know, within hopefully not the near too far distant future. And what what's your I was I was about to ask you just like your kids what's your best guess but I mean what what are you hearing from <laughs> Talk to my kids they, Yeah they, exactly yeah. what what are you hearing from you know producers directors you work with but you know partners cuz you you have so many sort of irons in the fire Well, it changes time. you know it changes so frequently you know I have yeah. one show that was up and went and in March and went down and uh, they have not given any indication of going back mm. I was going to do a film that was going to be this fall that is now they've pushed to the beginning of the year and for a minute a few weeks ago you know it's interesting like all of this when you hear things like you want to go wait a second is that something you heard right somebody some other idiot say or do you actually know something you know and so i go well i hear right. that such and such show they're gearing up ready to go in july and you go okay and then then you know we've had a spike in the last a week or right even that's two. right the numbers have gone back up so i think all bets are off and Let's uh, let's beat this thing, um, or move all move to a country. We're all moving to New Zealand. I think yeah, that's exactly. Because they figured it out. They figured it out. By all right, way, Paul yeah, Reiser, and, and, and they won't be having us, by the way. Still with us is comedian, actor, writer, and author Paul Reiser, and we're going to talk about the Kominsky method in just a moment. But I got to ask you, Paul, just kind of on a serious sure. um, level, because I was looking at your Twitter feed. And, you know, we've been asking everybody, considering the last 14 weeks and the last three weeks coming yeah. out of Minneapolis, yeah. you know, the role of leaders, the role of people, even like yourself, you know, entertainers, comedians, folks who have platforms, you know, what we can all do to kind of make things better. Yeah. Well, you know, as I said before, that there is something um, somewhat comforting in that this is universal and we are all in this together and you know and, and uh mm-hmm. in terms of the virus i mean it certainly doesn't uh, exempt anybody it's like oh don't don't infect that guy he's on tv um you know so it, it, it's just we're all figuring this out together and all sweating through this together and and uh yeah all voices that are constructive and productive are, are welcome and i mean i i i feel personally like i i Part of the reason I never really get into politics is like I feel like I will just get so overwhelmed and passionate that I'll be remarkably inarticulate, and uh, and, and and rather than sort of jump into any conversation, I think what I've felt was a more efficient way is just sort of to forward and retweet and point the light to people who are saying things much more articulately and eloquently than than I could. Um, there's a lot of a lot of smart, helpful people out there doing doing great work. But, uh, yeah, you know, there also is the, the, the risk of overload. There is so, in this yeah. world we live in, everybody can talk 24 hours a day, and right. it, it's hard to, hard to pick through it a lot of times, mm-hmm. You're right. often. But, well, uh, yeah, there are, there are some very articulate and eloquent and, uh, voices out there, and, and uh, they should be heard more. 
Well, and Paul, I, d- I do that to that I'm extent. not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't say that. Someone who writes as much as you have, your books, I'm just, you know. Well, you just know what you're say. doing. By the way, I'll tell you what I'm still stuck on. What? I, I'm very moved. V shaped recovery. About you. Uh, well, yeah, no, but you said you had. <laughs> I do. You said if... you have a man about you mug. You know what my thought was in the five, ten minutes I was off the air listening to the news? What? I thought. We had mugs? <laughs> you did. I didn't it's, know that. I don't have a mug. It's Where'd the purple. You get a mug? It's your I logo. Go, it, you, I have to go to your house yeah. and have coffee at your house to Listen, experience that. You are welcome anytime. It's it's mad about you, the logo on the front, and the back says you've got to be a little crazy to be in love. And I have oh, to say, uh, I, yeah, okay. so I'm just saying. Never, never saw that in my life. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Uh, I have no idea. I never heard that slogan. Good for them. Good for you. Good Hope for you America. get a piece of it at least. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like I got you know nothing. Nobody sends nothing. But uh, I'm, it's very, it's very sweet. Uh, yeah. I drink my coffee out of a uh, the uh, Stephen Colbert mug that was part of the swag bag that I did two years ago or something. So what? every day I go, well, I think of Steve when I drink my coffee. Well, well I, I have to say that show. I just have to say because my husband and I were newlyweds and. And they were just scene after scene. We just look at each other, and it was we could really relate to it. It was really adorable. So it was, you know, it was it was all written from truth. And and I, I always tell people I'm not smart enough to make anything up, so I can only talk about what actually happened to me. <laughs> yeah. So that show, you know, luckily, but and as I find when I'm when I <laughs> when when stand up comedy still existed, when I you know doing my stand up, it's like I only talk about what happens to me, and the audience is laughing because. They're going. Oh, thank God! It's not just us. This guy, right. this guy has the same problem at home. So you know, there is again the universal. You know, there's there's a there's a great comfort in in having company on the ride. That's true. Um, but yes, so that's uh, and part of anyway. Yes, go ahead. Go give me a question, and I will. <laughs> I will punch. Well, I do, I do wonder. I mean, we we were sort of uh, you know bouncing back and forth between Carol and me and and our producers about like. I mean, this is a career that has endured in, in many it's ways. Awesome. And, and I do wonder, you know, one of the main things that, that you have done, Paul, it seems, is, you know, shift very successfully to, you know, this whole new world of distribution, specifically um, with Netflix and, you know, really leveraging that platform in, in many ways. And I do yeah. wonder what, you know, sort of sort of how you did that, whether that was intentional or whether know, it was just good material coming I, I, to you. I, well, I don't. I don't think uh, I did anything that clever. The world changed, and you go where they're having. Where, where are they making shows? Okay, yeah. let's yeah. go there. Um, so it wasn't a conscious choice of, hey, I'm. Gonna, I see the wave of the future, and it's on Netflix. Um, you know, but you, you did you, pick good material. I mean, I will say there's a that's lot. That's the only thing you on can Netflix, do. That's the right? only thing you can do is be selective and say do good things. And and I've been lucky, and sometimes. Uh, I was able to create things, and 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 uh, often I just got luckily invited into seeing things. You know, Stranger Things called, and I went, "Well, that's not something yeah. I have to think about too long." Yes, please. Right. Uh, and Kaminsky Method, you know, it totally happened by accident. I had seen the first uh, first season of Kaminsky Method, and Chuck Lorre, who created it, I know for thirty years, and brilliant I, guy. I from his first job, and, and I called him just to tell him, you know, how great it was, and I thought it was so terrific, and I jokingly. This is why, don't take a lesson from this, kids, because this doesn't work like this often. But I jokingly said, well, why don't you and I do another show like that? Come on, that, come on, two guys sitting in a car complaining. I can do that all day. <laughs> and, and he jokingly, so well, not jokingly, he said, do you want to be on this one? I went, okay. And uh, apparently he had this role in mind where I play the old guy that dates Michael Douglas's younger daughter. And... Uh, 
in a month later, I'm in the bald makeup and padded and aged up and playing with Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin so and Sarah cool. Baker doing this lovely show. And it's you know kind of a dream gig, to be honest. Well, a, a dream gig, and there's Emmy buzz around it. And first of all, we were all as a team when we were planning this morning and talking about our show. We're like, you haven't run an, you haven't won an Emmy. Yeah, who do I talk to? Is that <laughs> who do I talk? To well, about we're gonna we're we're, we're calling Would people. You make a call. Uh, but you know what? Maybe because there are mugs point. about you. There are uh, mugs about you. You deserve an Emmy. I have mugs. Yeah, a lot of guys who have Emmys don't have mugs. Like, they don't have Kelsey a mug. Grammar, does Kelsey Grammer have a mug? Exactly. So. No, ser- no, but seriously, but you're really I'm good. Gonna it, I'm going to make that uh, pretend it was by choice, so that even if I were to, it's crazy that I'm being nominated for Kaminsky, which that I, they're talking about it. But uh, I, I, I don't imagine that I will be nominated. But if I were, I'm going to say. Nah, not interested anymore. Yeah. I'm going to play hard to get. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to make that's... that my theme. You think that wise? <laughs> no. I think you should definitely just say, do that. Just do what my mom taught me. Yes, thank you, please. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you, please. Okay. Yeah. I, I'll take it, and I'll tell them that uh, the nice people with the mug told me yeah. to Yeah, the nice people with yeah, the mug said I should a, just be polite. A, <laughs> it's such a fun show, and I'm so tickled to be on so that people are talking about that. It, it's, uh, it's icing on top of the gravy on top of the cherry. All right. Well, when you know that happens or whatever next great thing happens, you'll have to come back and when see you us. When you win, you have bring... to say, I have an Emmy, and Carol Master said, I also have a mug. And I'll, That's I'll all I ask for. I'll tell you what. If this happens, I will bring the <laughs> Emmy to you. You can hold it, and if you let me hold the mug. There you go. Even Done. I think, this deal. I'm just going to tell you. Millions this is, of people this just is being heard that recorded. This is being recorded, so I'm going to call you on it. <laughs> all right. Paul Reiser. Yeah, no, no problem. I, I understand. I I I meant that, and I will show up. I'm a man of my word. You are. Awesome. Listen, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Thank and you. Lovely to talk to you, and uh, good here. luck with the rest of the country. Yes. And, uh, yeah. and all that we're facing. Help. All right. Yeah. Paul Reiser, comedian, actor, author, writer, uh, just a great guy. We really enjoyed uh, spending some time with him. Well, that's going to wrap it up. That was really Monday lovely. edition. That was a really nice Look way to Look at my mad about you mug. Wow. That really, really came you through know, big You know time. how at home you go through your mugs and you're like, you got to get rid of these mugs? I'm like, no. No way. You are not getting rid of this mug. You better put that. You better wrap that one up. I am. I had yeah. when Aggie brought it to me. I'm like, don't, don't drop it. Don't <laughs> drop it.